Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Midrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killa. Today we're sitting back down for The Tish with Dina Weiss, A Taste of Chassidut. In this mini-series, Dina introduces us to five Hasidic masters. Today I'm in the studio with Dina to talk about the Ohev Yisrael. So Dina, let's set the table. Who wrote the Ohev Yisrael? So the Ohev Yisrael, if you want to be able to remember who wrote it, look at the initials, Aleph Yud, which are also the initials of Avram Yehoshua Heschel. And you might be thinking, oh, I know Abram Joshua Heschel, descendant of the original Avram Yehoshua Heschel, who was the Opter Rebbe and the author of the Ohev Yisrael. Mm-hmm. So it's not the person I've seen in the famous pictures with Martin Luther King. They may look similar, I don't know. <laughs> Um, So tell us a little bit about his style. What makes him distinctive? So I would say that what is distinctive about the Oye of Yisrael in some ways is that he's not distinctive. There's a not a real, at least that I could tell, consistent philosophy or emphasis. And so in that way, his work is kind of pan-Hasidic. And actually, you'll find many of his ideas sometimes almost verbatim in the works of others. And it's not clear to me, you know, who is borrowing from whom, although many of these works are published after him. But it's clear that his thinking is consistent with and resonating with a lot of different Hasidic thinkers. Um, and I would just say, you know, if you're going to ask yourself, well, why would I learn the Oye of Yisrael if he's not contributing anything, you know, particularly unique? Mm-hmm. First of all, that's a silly question. You don't need to be unique in order to be valuable. Um, but second, I would say that even to the extent that you might be able to find similar ideas in other works, very hard to surpass his style. Mm-hmm. He actually is an extremely concise and clear presenter, which for better and mostly for worse is not usually found in Hasidic texts. Mm-hmm. Often there's a lot of words used where fewer words would suffice, and the Oye of Yisrael is where you're going to go to find the version where he uses fewer words. Well, it sounds like he is a perfect fit for a taste of podcast, and I'm really excited to dive in. Why does the Mishkan have to be so fancy? When God is creating a space for himself, God who has no physical needs, God who presumably cares more about the spiritual than the financial, why is this space that we construct for God covered in gold and silver and intricate weavings? Why doesn't God say, create for me a simple space? And the Oye of Yisrael suggests that, of course, this is not for God, God does not need a space that is covered in gold and silver, but we want to contribute to a space that is covered in gold and silver. We think of gold as being valuable. It is something that we think of as being a really significant gift. And therefore, God is creating the opportunity for us to contribute to the Mishkan in a way that resonates with us, in a way that feels to us like it is a significant contribution. And he explains the dynamic here by appealing to another kind of house building, and that is building a marriage. And the first step in building a marriage is the stage of betrothal. And there are different ways to get betrothed, but the dominant way is through a gift. And the way that the Talmud imagines 
the relationship is that there is a man who is giving a gift to a woman. And if that dynamic is reversed and a woman gives a gift to a man, then the betrothal is not affected. There is a one-way street for gift giving. The more powerful person gives a gift to the less powerful person. And that is the way that marriages start. But the Av Yisrael says there's actually a very interesting exception to this rule. And that is, if the man is so wealthy, so important, so powerful that he doesn't need anything, but nevertheless, he is willing to accept a gift from this woman, his willingness to accept the gift is the gift itself. It's actually a service that he is providing to her, that he is willing to accept her paltry contribution, right, to his status and to his life. And the Oiv Yisrael says, this is actually the dynamic that we are working with when we are making contributions to the building of the Mishkan, to the construction of the tabernacle. God doesn't need anything from us. When God asks for a gift, when God is willing to receive a gift, that is actually something that he is providing for us. His willingness to say, I will take that from you, is a type of giving to us. I think that the Oy of Yisrael's insight here really extends beyond God and beyond our relationship to materiality in the Mishkan. But it's really a significant teaching about the nature of gifts and the way that they build relationships. If a gift is always in one direction, I am always bestowing onto you. I am always giving to you. That creates a kind of relationship where I am the powerful one and you are the needy one. I am the giver, you are the receiver, and the bond that it builds is a bond that is characterized by this unevenness, where you are in a position of vulnerability and I am in a position of power. And if I want to build a relationship of mutual investment and mutual affection and respect, the gift giving actually needs to go in two directions. And so when we say it is better to give than it is to receive, this isn't actually, you know, a kind of empty, silly statement. It's actually true. We want to be in a position where we're the ones who give sometimes. Human beings actually like to give. We like to contribute. And the mode of the construction of the Mishkan highlights this, that God sees that human beings have a tendency, that human beings have a need to not only be receivers, but also contributors and also builders. And the great gift that God gives us is to recognize that human need, to recognize that potential and to honor it, and to provide us with opportunities to be givers. And what I think the Oiv Yisrael is really putting his finger on is that there's something so important and so powerful in facilitating the contributions of other people, of enabling other people to see how they can make a difference and the way in which their gifts matter. 
And it's short-sighted to think, I'm just going to provide for this person and they're going to be happy. Because people also want to be in a position where we are the providers, that it is actually a fundamental human need to give. And the beauty of the Mishkan is that its construction is a group project. And though we are technically making a space for God, it is also a platform for God to make space for us, to facilitate our ability to contribute and to make a difference. And the lesson that it teaches and the message that it sends us is that our contributions are significant and that our gifts matter, even to God. This episode was produced by Sam Greenberg, Effie Unterman, and Jeremy Tabak. Thank you to David Chabinski for recording and editing this episode. Music for the Tish is from Hannah Raskin's debut album, Raza Capella, produced by Rising Song Records. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.